Michael E. Hammond here. Let me tell you my story. Welcome to Point of View Audio, a podcast of stories and a podcast for stories. I'm your host, Michael E. Hammond. Point of View Audio is a podcast dedicated to the art of telling stories, be it some stories I've written, some stories that I have experienced, and of course some stories that have inspired me. This is episode number two. You may have noticed that the music to this week's episode is a little different, but maybe somewhat familiar if you've actually listened to some of the other stuff that has appeared here on the channel. Um... It may not seem out of the ordinary to you, because this is only episode number two, so we haven't really fallen into the groove of what everything's going to be yet, but um, I did want to select that particular music, because it is also the opening theme song to my audiobook, The Way It Has to Be, a novella written by Michael E. Hammond. And I recorded that about a year ago, a little over, a little less, actually, a little less than a year ago now. Um, but I wanted to really get into the heart of today's episode and discuss something that's kind of exciting for me. And that's that I'm going to officially announce here on the podcast today that I am working on a new project. Um, digging around in some of my old stories from Night Haunters and like in cold dark and looking at some of those old stories it's kind of rekindled an excitement within me for that sort of supernatural genre that super supernatural suspense and horror um and so because the weather has been getting a little more on the spooky side i've just been feeling a little bit more inspired by that particular genre. I'm excited to announce today that I'm actually officially working on a new project. A new old project, but really it is a new, new project. And that particular project is a story called What Darkness Could Tell. And let me start off by giving a little brief history of that particular storyline. What Darkness Could Tell is actually a story that has been brewing in my head now for a very long time. Um, I think the initial idea of it all came to me back in like 2003. Like I said, it's been years ago now when sort of the original inspiration hit me. And I must confess that I have thought about writing this story on countless occasions. But it seemed to never quite click. It never seemed to quite fit. Um, I'm very early in the process now, but it's actually starting to really solidify itself in my head for the first time, probably since 2003. And I think it's because everything has sort of fallen together in a way that I didn't really expect. But let me first start by giving a little bit of a premise. Um, and that is... When I originally came up with the idea of what darkness could tell, it was shortly after my friends and I had sort of created our own little Ouija board 
and we toyed around with it a little bit here and there, and I'm not going to lie, we did um, end up uncovering some interesting conversations through that particular Ouija board. It wasn't so much the conversations that we had, but maybe it was a little bit. Um, it was more so the idea of this. It was like, it was more of like a blanketed concept, um, of like the fact that it started one night with my friends and we were sitting around a campfire and it was, mm, I think it was early spring, um, our first real campfire of the season, if I remember correctly. And it had started to rain. And so we ran inside. And this was when I still lived at my parents' house at the time. We ran inside and there was an old Ouija board up on the wall. It was my great grandma's Ouija board. And my mom has held on to it ever since. Um, it's very old. It's one of the originals, I guess. I don't know how far back it goes, but it is very old. It's a very old Ouija board, and it belonged to my great-grandma, Edney. And my mom has held on to it ever since. And I remember my friends kind of seeing it for the first time and, and wanting to play around with it. And needless to say, we didn't, because it was basically an antique. Um... So one thing leads to another, and we're sitting there. It was just my friend Joey and I at the time, at this point. Everyone else had gone home, and we were having a little conversation about spirits, Ouija boards, that kind of thing. And we, I don't know. We got onto the subject of, like, making our own Ouija board. I was very inspired by that. And one thing leads to another. I end up, over the course of I don't know how long, it didn't take me long, but I ended up finding out this nice piece of wood and we sanded it down, planed it down. Um, I drew up a cool design and then I wood burned the, uh, all the letters, all of my designs onto this Ouija board and then used an epoxy to cover it and, and make it really, really nice. Um, and it's sort of been like one of my favorite little decorations. And I remember, like, creating it all those years ago. That was back in 2003, spring, April. I believe it was April. There was just something about it that was just a very organic process to me, creating this Ouija board. And it just, it happened so fast, it was almost as if I was inspired by something else. Um, so I don't know, it was that sort of concept that that inspired that sort of um, made me feel like, oh, this could be a really cool story. Maybe I could start out a story in a way that a character sort of makes his own Ouija board and it sort of spirals from there. And of course, you know, messing with Ouija boards, you always have the, the possibility of speaking to something evil. Um, so, and what does evil do through an Ouija board? It tells you things. And so that's sort of where the title, What Darkness Could Tell, originally came from. Just a fun little fact. And be warned, spoilers, I guess, but not really spoilers because none of this is really giving away too much information about the upcoming project. Um, but basically, when I originally came up with that title, 
I didn't really have a full-fledged story in mind, only that it was going to have something to do with an Ouija board and a character somewhat being compelled to create it. I started writing that story probably shortly after that, and I think I got maybe maybe two pages into it. And I just sort of wrote myself into a corner almost, because I I feel like I had a cool concept, but I didn't really know where the story was going. And around that time was when I hit a case of writer's block, sort of caused by this story in some ways. And then, you know, life gets in the way, and I actually sort of got out of writing there for quite a while. Um, and I just never really picked it back up for a while. Well, um, until about 2006. 2006 or 2007, um, I was digging around in some of my old files and ended up finding what I had written of what darkness could tell. And thinking, oh yeah, that was a cool idea, and I haven't written a story in years. This would be a really cool story to kick off my writing again. So I sat down at the computer one night, and I had basically ripped up the old version, figuratively. I still have it. Um, but I had decided that I'm not going to use that version anymore, and I'm going to create something different. Um, so I started the story off with a character in the woods, um, and he's sort of in the middle of some sort of action. It's a dark, stormy night. There seems to be all kinds of evil around, and this particular character is um, thinking back, like, how did it come to this? Like, And it leads the audience to sort of wonder what led him to this point. Like, and then the story would proceed to tell how said character ended up in that woods on that dark and stormy night, and eventually lead up to explain why he was there in the first place. Well, I don't know how many pages I had gotten of that version of the story um, before I sort of ignored it. I sort of fell off the bandwagon with it again. Again, like I said, it had been years since I'd written anything, and what I had written was feeling not quite up to par with what I wanted it to be. Um, I was very out of practice, and again, it was kind of like a whim. It wasn't really something I felt super inspired to do at the time, other than, yeah, this is a cool concept, and yeah, this would be a cool way to start writing again. But needless to say, I wasn't feeling it at the time, and I didn't get very far with it yet again. But... Um, one thing leads to another, and I basically didn't write anything again for a very, very, very long time. Fast forward to, um, 2011, when the Timeless Tides story started to fall into place. Um, the fun fact about all of that is I hadn't written a story in a very, very long time. And I had come up with this concept to write a, ultimately, a romance story, a romantic adventure about pirates. And I didn't think I would actually be able to do it, but I sat down and I'm like, okay, I'm going to write one chapter 
and then we'll see how it goes. Because, like I said, I'd only written short stories up until that point. I didn't even know if I would even be able to keep my head in the game and and actually sit down and write a book. Well, fast forward a few more years, and I had finally come up with the full-fledged concepts of that particular story, The Timeless Tides. Um, Like I said, I'm not getting into The Timeless Tides here today because that is a story for another episode. Um, Basically, I had stretched my writing muscles in the uh, genre of romantic adventure with The Timeless Tides, and it actually um, started writing a novel for the first time, um, which was kind of exciting, and and that novel has been finished as of now, um, and I'm working on book three of that series, but that's beside the point right now. Um, we're talking about what darkness could tell. So, fast forward to 2020, 2020, and that is when I stumbled across my old writings again, um, in the form of Night Haunters, the collection of haunting tales. And I'm going through this book, and that's when I found the way it has to be in its sort of unpolished version, and really found a lot of potential in that story. Ended up rewriting it for an 18th anniversary edition, and instead of it just being a short story that was about 50 pages, it became a novella. Um, clocking in at about a hundred, maybe a little over a hundred pages. I don't have it with me at the moment. But yeah, I was really surprised and excited that I had sort of spiced up this old version of one of my paranormal, uh, suspenseful stories and sort of made it in its own way a paranormal MM romance. I guess one could call it. I really don't know how to classify some of my writing because yes, it's, it's got paranormal elements, but I wouldn't necessarily say that it's horror because though it has some horror elements, I wouldn't really call the story scary. I mean, there are scary parts, I guess, but as a genre overall, I wouldn't know if you would actually classify it as horror or suspense, maybe suspense. I don't know, but, um, so I created that story, spiced it up into the version that it is today, and I felt this strong connection picking it back up and rewriting it in this version of these characters of Benjamin Saunders and Blair Everett, um, that when I put that book down, when I had finally finished that novella, it was weird because... I felt this whole new connection to the characters that I'm not even sure I felt when I wrote it originally. And it was actually kind of sad in a way. Um, I guess I was getting a little bit of separation anxiety from finishing that story and having to say goodbye to Blair Everett um, and, and Benjamin Saunders. Um, mind you, spoiler alert, if you have not read or listened to The Way It Has to Be, I'm going to get into things that may spoil the story. So you have been warned. Um, so I had to say goodbye to Blair Everett. Um, and that, that particular scene at the end 
well, at the semi-end, had really surprised me in a way, like, emotionally. It made me feel things that I didn't really feel when I wrote it originally. So, putting the book down and setting it aside, I had actually, for a brief amount of time, considered saying, okay, this is the novella version of the way it has to be, but maybe I could one day pick this story up again and create another version of it that would actually be a full-length novel, because I feel like there's a lot of untapped potential to that particular story. But I don't want to be that kind of a writer that just keeps re-releasing the same story over and over again. So, I don't know. One thing leads to another, and the weather is just right. And I'm taking a walk um, on my lunch break at work, and I don't know, something hits me. I'm starting to think about this podcast. I'm starting to think about writing these sort of paranormal stories again, and I start thinking about what darkness could tell. And I don't know, it all just sorted to fall together in a way that I didn't expect, And it was like I had been thinking about creating another story that would tie itself to the way it has to be. But then I was also thinking about writing this story that had been in my head for 20 years or so called What Darkness Could Tell. And suddenly it occurred to me for the first time ever, what if I took these two concepts and morph them into each other. And, like, for the first time, it all seemed to click. Suddenly, what darkness could tell made so much sense to me in a way that I never anticipated. It's like one of those exciting epiphany moments of writing when you're writing something and suddenly everything falls together and you realize that it's almost like something... Um, outside of the physical realm had been designing the story and you're just sort of the writer. You're just sort of the tool that creates it. And you don't know exactly why it's coming out this way. It just suddenly the pieces fall together and you're like, oh, I'm learning this stuff for the first time as well. And it's an exciting moment. And that is sort of what happened to me um, when I came up with the concept of, of this new version of what darkness could tell. So, um, I just wanted to officially announce that I am going to be working on what darkness could tell. And as of Wednesday, September 14th, 2022, I had started jotting down some notes that sort of reintroduces the concept of what darkness could tell and tying it in with the way it has to be. So let me just read to you a little bit of notes, a little blurb that I'd come up with as an official sort of announcement and excitement. So let's cue that music back up here while I read this little bit. What darkness could tell. Sequel to the way it has to be. Medora Madison, a.k.a. Medora M., is dead. Her spirit is cleansed in a ritual of fire, destroyed and all but forgotten. 
but some of her cultists were never identified. And some may still be out there. Somewhere in the hollow of the ghastly breeze, an evil still lingers, calling silently to that which it yearns, whispering only what darkness could tell. So that is my little blurb, um, a little concept of what is possibly to come out of this little sequel to the way it has to be. And I haven't officially decided yet if it's going to be another novella, much like the way it has to be was, or if I'm actually going to dedicate myself to actually writing a full-length novel. I mean, that's kind of where I'm leaning, but I don't know yet. I'm still, like I said, I'm still in the early planning stages of like actually what it's all going to be. But as another little fun little tease before I end today's episode, um, I wanted to read to you a little bit of the opening. I don't know if this is um, the actual blurb blurb. I don't know. This could appear on the back of the book. This could be the first opening lines because I feel like this is a good opening line. Um, and that is, there was a time when I thought I'd never use magic again. When I thought that those days of practicing my craft had long since ended. But that was before I knew how tempting certain kinds of power could be. Back when I thought the past was dead and buried, something unattainable and far beyond my own reach, beyond my control back when things seemed so simple. Evil was evil, and good was good, and everything was either black or white. Hard to believe how much things had truly changed even since then, and how it all started with something as simple as what many would consider a toy or a foolish little party game. I know now that it was neither. So yeah, that is a little bit of, a little bit of a tease of what I've been working on here. Um, so I'm excited to announce that to you all today. And hopefully it doesn't take me too long. Um, I'm not always the fastest writer, so don't expect it to be out anytime soon, soon. But who knows? Um, so yeah, I guess that's sort of where we're going to, um, end this week's episode. Um, so, yeah, I guess now for the little ending spiel, please, if you feel like it, reach out to me. Um, send me your stories. Uh, you can email me at povaudiopodcast at gmail.com, or you can leave a voice memo message um, on the Anchor website. Um, and I'd be more than happy to play anything you leave me or read read some of the the mail that I get. Um, if you've got a story you would like to share, by all means, share it with me. I'll tell the story on the podcast, maybe. Um, but yeah, um, I guess until next time, um, this has been Michael E. Hammond with Point of View Audio. Uh, until next time, um, live the best story that you can. Or whatever. I don't know.